Last time on Stone Cold Mysteries. Miss Stone! Miss Stone! Little puppy! Wait, please! Someone has been murdered here! What? Stone turns the knob on the door. Dangling from the ceiling is the body of a woman, hanged by the neck. She committed suicide! Well, that's where you're wrong, Charlie. For once, Mrs. Lawlin is right about this being a murder. There are three things that should give you pause. The first is the fact that the door was unlocked when we walked in. Any person committing suicide would want to make sure no one walked in on them. Secondly, the fact that over there on our table, two wine glasses are out. One is knocked over with its contents on the floor, and one is almost empty. Those could be hers, but she was more than likely entertaining a guest. Lastly, is the fact that there is no stool under her. How was she able to hang herself from that height off the ground, without a stool? Seems like the killer strangled her on the ground before they set her up to look like a suicide. There's a thin line on her neck that looks like a chain due to strangulation. It was probably some kind of necklace. Rigor mortis hasn't set all the way in, so the body has been dead for less than two hours. She was holding a swatch of fabric in her right hand here. Stone pulls out a piece of blue fabric. Now we know we're looking for someone with a ripped blue article of clothing. Hey! I found something too! I think it's literally a list of suspects! Five hundred letters from five different people! They are all varied, but each one is super angry! But there is one from David Smith Franklin Brick, Bailey Rivers, Carly Sprang, and Anne Murr. Good evening, Miss Murr. We would first like to know where you were two hours ago until now. Here. Right here in my room. Just enjoying the peace and quiet that the night brings. Is that why you wrote a letter to Miss Tess? Oh, the little hussy next door? Yes, I wrote her a letter. Stop the nauseating singing that she does on the weekend. Along with the drunken laughter, men and awful noises that keep me up throughout the night. I told her to quit it before she got what was coming to her. But what about that locket around your neck? Look, Miss Stone, she has jewelry. Doesn't every girl? I think I'm allowed to look nice. Dear Miss Tess, I know who you are, neighbor. You always come home so late at night with that ungodly singing and drunken suitors. The walls aren't thick, you know. Some people actually like to sleep, and then you just keep singing and... Um, (laughs) colorful language. Making some weird noises that Charlie shouldn't know. Nice one, Mum. And it goes throughout the night. It's obnoxious, and it makes me want to scream. How can you be so rude? You deserve to leave this place. I hate you. Shut up. Sincerely, Miss Murr. But she didn't have any ripped blue clothes, although she could have gotten rid of them. And the only necklace she had was that locket. I remember it having an initial on it, but I can't put my finger on it. If you could search the rooms again, you'd be able to figure it out? Most definitely. Um, I'm going to have to go to the lavatory. Since Miss Murr is right next door, I'll check her out first. Charlie? Now we return to Stone solving the case and then realizing that Charlie is missing. Charlie? Where'd he go? Dawn! He must have went to one of the rooms to look for evidence since I needed it. A darn boy. I bet he went to a girl first since that would be a place to most likely have a necklace. Maybe it was Miss Spring since she didn't let us search the apartment. Darn it, Charlie! Now I have to find him before I can accuse anyone! Stone runs from the apartment to find Charlie. Charlie gets into the apartment of Miss Murr and starts to creep into the kitchen, deciding to not close the door. Then... Footsteps are heard, and Charlie quickly hides in the closet. What? The door's open. She looks around and slowly closes the door. Ah, 
So, I have a little visitor, don't I? I didn't even hear you come in. I guess that means you're Stone's kid, aren't you? The little puppy. She starts to walk around the apartment looking for him. So, you figured it out, huh? No. You wouldn't be sneaking around if you did. You're looking for evidence. Well, don't worry your bloody little head over it. You won't find a thing. I burned that shirt right when I got back here. I made sure I set up the murder not to come back to me, even if that little detective decided to take the case. It worked, didn't it? She opens a door, but doesn't find him. Little puppy. Where are you, little puppy? Where are you, love? (laughs) Nothing's going to harm you. I just want to play. (laughs) Oh, where, oh, where has my little dog gone? Oh, where, oh, where can he be? (laughs) She opens another door and finds nothing. You little brat! You sneak into my house and then hide... I should kill you two. I'm getting bloody tired of this. Where are you? Come on, little one. Come out wherever you are. Play with me. I won't hurt you, I promise. Tess just didn't want to listen to me. That's why she had to die. She just kept singing and singing and singing. So I shut her up. She wouldn't be quiet, so I shut her throat. (laughs) I thought about sewing her mouth shut, but then I decided to make her commit suicide. How lovely an ending, killed by her own rudeness. Just thinking about it sounds so delicious. She opens up another door, but to no avail, and she kicks it. (laughs) Darn you! Where are you? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a Charlie by the toe. If he hollers, cut his throat. Eeny, meeny, miny. Mo found you. No, 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 go away, you crazy lady! He tries to get away, but she grabs him by the throat. Don't move, little piggy, or I'll be forced to shut you up as well. Let me go! You don't have to do this! Shh, don't you know that breaking and entering is a crime? Crimes need to be punished. (laughs) I can't believe I get to do this again just two hours later. The adrenaline is so fulfilling and the struggle is invigorating. I get to choose between life and death for you. And the fear is so tasty. No! Please! Miss Stone! Murr starts to choke him. Shh, please die slowly, little puppy. I don't want this to end. You bloody devil! (sighs) Murr looks up right as Stone punches her in the face. She falls over, unconscious. Ah! Are you bloody kidding me? This hurts like the devil! Stone scrambles over to Charles. Charlie! Charlie! I'm I'm glad I made it in time! She grabs Charles and hugs him. Miss Stone! Mom! You saved me! You came for me! Of course I did! But what the devil were you thinking? I just wanted to get some... Don't you ever do that again! You could have died! I I could have lost you! 
No case is ever worth another death. Besides, if you had given me a little more faith and, a t and time, I'd have figured it out. I'd have figured out the case. You did? Yes, it, it was that woman. I had found a letter in the trash from Mr. Smith saying that he wanted to talk and such, so Tess had to go out and get some wine for them, but the letter was weird. His handwriting didn't match. No, the handwriting matched Murr's handwriting on an angry letter. Then I remembered that the locket around her neck had the initial R on it. For Reba, this woman killed Tess with Tess's own necklace and then wore the necklace like a trophy. That's sick. Yes, very. I think it's time we call up Shepard. Moments later, the police take Murr away. Shepard and Steele walk up to Stone and Charles. I can't believe this happened again. Some loony almost kills a stone through suffocation because they figured out the murder. Now this... Well, this time, Charlie was just poking his nose around where it didn't belong. What else is new? Sounds like a true detective to me. Don't encourage his behavior, Steele. He's too young and new to the dangers. Did you really punch the woman? Yeah, she came in just in time, too. I'm going to have to ice this thing. Still hurts like the devil. How did you do this without hurting yourself? I'm trained to be deadly stone. If you don't know how to punch, you can really hurt yourself. I'm fully aware of that, Shepard. Well, this has been quite the eventful night for all of us, but I think my pal here wants to get some sleep, and this little guy should get some more milk and rest. I'm not your pal. Nevertheless, he's right. I'm going to pass out if I stay up any longer. Thank you for coming, Shepard. It made me feel better. I know you could have just sent the policemen to pick it up. No problem, Stone. Good night. Good night, Shepard. Shepard and Steele return home, while Stone and Charles retire to their room. WCUG Cougar Radio presents the 13th episode of your favorite radio drama, Stone Cold Mysteries. Please pay attention, for this show is interactive. It is January 7th, 1891, in the unstrung city of London. A retired investigator and her child are now waking up to the incessant ringing of the American detective after a night of psychopathic murder. Our wonderful police chief tried to stop Steele, but was unsuccessful. As Stone gets up to answer the phone, she has an ominous premonition that the day is just going to get worse. Will this phone call prove unsettling, or will it just be all fun and games? Well, let's tune in and find out. What? What? What could you possibly want at six in the morning? This better be bloody good. Oh, it is. You and Shepard get to take me around London now before I get on the train to Camden tonight. You called at six in the morning. After we didn't get to bed well after midnight, after Charlie almost got killed, to ask me to take you on a tour. Bring the kid to and make sure we go somewhere with food. I'm feeling hungry. You bloody devil! Charles quickly grabs the phone from Stone. You really messed up this time, Steele. I tried to tell him to leave you two alone today, but he didn't listen. Hey, stop it, Shepard. Are you the one on the telephone right now? No. Then shush. That's my telephone. Mum is really angry with you. Are you sure you want us to come? Yes. And make sure she's presentable. I won't have her looking like her normal self to take the best detective around London. This is a big honor, you know. No pants. That word doesn't mean what you think it means here. You really ought to die, don't you, Steele? Hey, Mom! Steele says you dress terrible, so look nice today. Wear a dress. And makeup. And makeup! What? Give me that phone! 
Steel, you better pray that you shed your mortality until you get on that train tonight because I'm going to kill you. Oh, and make sure Charlie looks nice too. I'm going to get Shepard all spruced up as well. Later. He hangs up. So, are you not going to wear a dress? You bloody well know that I'm not. I'm wearing my normal garb. I look beautiful in it, and I'm going to make him eat those horrid words he said. Plus, you need it for your job. Death always finds you, so you got to be ready. Exactly. Besides, he wanted you to get all dressed up too. Ew! Exactly. Stone and Charles meet Steel and Shepard by Rosie's General Store. Well, you look much better than when you wear those awful pants, Stone. I just wish the dress was a... Um... What's more fancy? Look, it's trousers. Pants are something different. And you better be glad I even indulged in this. The dress I chose was in case I needed to do work. It's very modest and efficient. Uh, I think it looks nice. Uh, So does your makeup. She really didn't do much in that department, Shepard. I could only get Shepard to wear some nice pants and a dress shirt. That word doesn't mean what you think it means here. It's trousers. And I resent this. I should be in my uniform. You're off duty. I hope you're bloody happy, you evil man. Mum made me wear nice pants and a dress shirt too. Sometimes it's nice to dress up. Why does it feel like I'm pulling teeth here? And you look like the biggest fool. Dressing up in the absolute nines just to tour London. Um, Stone... Are you not going to reprimand your kid for speaking to me like that? A child can speak however he wants to another child. I find no fault in his statement, you bloody fool. I'm not a child. I'm 20 years old. If one looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and acts like a duck, they're a duck. You know, if only your comebacks were better than your detective skills, you very rude, uh, what, detective? Question mark. Investigator. Private. Investigator, says the child who called me at six this morning. You're the pot calling the kettle black steel. Uh, how's your hand, Stone? Still hurts like the devil. I had to wrap it up last night. I think I may see the doctor if it doesn't feel better soon. How did everything go last night? The woman was very hard to subdue, but we finally got her in her cell. I don't ever want to deal with a crazy ever again, but I feel it's going to be all too soon. That's the truth. I sure hope you told that kid of yours not to get himself into a dangerous situation again. It was a very stupid thing you did there, kid. You know, I think I'm fully capable of raising my child myself. Thank you very much. Could have fooled me with the way you let him help in cases and see murders. You probably even let him question suspects himself, huh? That's why he has no sense of boundaries. Okay, great. I am now regretting ever meeting you, you pompous jerk. Someday, you'll actually learn how to properly insult a man. Man? (laughs) All I see is a yellow-bellied rat. A rat that can't afford to be narcissistic. Excuse me? I'm the best-looking man you'll ever see in your life. Especially now since I'm dressed to the nines. Dressing up doesn't make a person any less ugly. They dress up corpses too, you know. Well, I don't think I've ever heard Stone be so rude to an acquaintance. You must have really ticked her off. It was the early phone call, the silly monkey suits, and the stupid tour! I'm angry too! Go, Mom! Tear him to shreds! With pleasure. Okay, as much as I enjoy our bantering, Miss Stone, we should stop before people get the wrong idea. 
I don't like you like that. You're only a friend. What the devil are you blathering about? You think you're that special? Get a life, you idiotic American. There's no way I'd love a man like you. You tell him, Mum. Okay, guys. We seem to be making a scene in the middle of the marketplace. Can we just get on with this tour so we can put steel on the next train to Camden as soon as possible? I'm so touched. You three want to spend time with me? This good old wand and hospitality is amazing. Shut up, stupid. Yeah, shut up, stupid. So, what is the first sight that we should see here in your quaint little town? Careful, Steele. Your love for England is showing. Ugh. Let's just go to Adam's Bakery. I need some tea and a pastry if I'm going to last any longer with this guy. Pastries! Yeah! I am hungry. Tea does sound good. Let's go then. The four head off to Adam's Bakery. They go in. Hello! Welcome to Adam's Bakery. What can I do for you? Three teas and a glass of milk and four pastries, ma'am. Make that two teas, a coffee, a glass of milk, and four pastries. Thank you very much. Sure. What kind of pastry will the four be? Two lemon pies, a blueberry muffin, and... That donut there. Sure thing. Just sit down anywhere and we will bring you your order once the tea and coffee is made. Also, the order comes to ten shillings. You got this, Steel? Oh yeah, thanks for breakfast. What? Shepard, Stone, and Charles find a table and sit, leaving Steele at the counter to pay. I haven't seen you around. Are you new here? And who, may I know, is asking? Susie Brown. My husband was arrested a while ago for dealing drugs around London. But you are? James Steele. I'm friends with Stone and Shepard. I'm on vacation from America. Oh, well, any friends of them are friends of mine. Have a good time here in London. Thank you. Steele goes back to the others. Flirting with a Londoner on your first day here. Shameful. Shameful. Oh, shush. I I wasn't flirting. She asked me who I was. Now that I think about it, you never told us your first name. To be honest, I don't think any of us introduced ourselves. Well, everyone knows my name. It's better late than never. If you can call it better at all. I'm Cotter Shepherd. This is Samantha Stone. And you are? James Steele. Now that we're formally introduced, what does a man have to do to get food around here? The baker conveniently arrives with pastries and drinks. Oh, I'm sorry, dearie. Here's your order. Oh, thanks, Susie. Uh, You can call me Suze. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I thought you said you weren't flirting. I, I was not. Yay! A lemon pie and milk. I'm so excited for food. As am I. Thank you for the food. Bye, Susie. The baker nods and leaves. All four start eating. So, after breakfast, where's our first stop? I'm thinking the wishing well in the middle of town. Aren't you, Shepard? It is a very popular thing with the tourists. Yeah, plus it's great for the kids on the streets. Hmm? And how is that? Well, you can wash up in it and go digging around for a few shillings while the police go home for the night. Well, aren't you just a sneaky little monkey? I'm getting real tired of being referred to as animals. I guess it's comforting to know that the money goes to good use. Because we all know wishes never come true. Idiots are people who throw their money away for an improbable gamble. For once, Steele and I are in agreement. Quite the romantics you two are. It's called being realistic. False hope is the worst thing you can give a person. But we are still going to the wishing well, right? Yes, it's still a rather beautiful well. But I better not catch your hands trying to lift a few shillings. Darn it! Shep, Stone, and Steel, Steel, Cole. 
Soon, they are done with breakfast, and all four leave to go to the wishing well. I sure hope this well is worth my time. Beggars really can't be choosers, Steel. I never beg, Stone. If I recall, you came here on your own accord. I'll also kill you on my own accord, if you don't get your head out of your rear end. <laughs> don't get your trousers in a wad. Well, at least he got the word right. Not helping. Everyone, shut up! Do you guys hear that? The four quiet down. People are running towards them. The four run to the wishing well. They see a man with his head submerged in the water, dead. Many a tear has to fall, but it's all in the game. All in the wonderful game that we know as love. You have words with him, and your future's looking thin. But these things. Your hearts can rise above Once in a while he won't call But it's all in the game Soon he'll be there at your side With a sweet And he'll kiss your lips And caress your wedding fingertips And your hearts will fly Mattress Warehouse here to get you the best deal on mattresses. And guess what? The brand new king and queen size mattresses are now available here. Your home for affordable mattresses. This new king size mattress is 78 by 80 inches for only $56. And our new queen size beds are 60 by 80 inches for $43. Perfect for you and your wife. Why are our mattresses so cheap, you ask? Because we don't make ours with all those needless special designs. No, we only make plain mattresses for you and your family. So come get your new mattress with us today at Plain Mattress Warehouse. Stone? Don't say it. 
You are most definitely... Don't you bloody say it! A death maybe. That's not true! It's not! Maybe you are! Who had to solve a murder last night? Your point? The constant variable in this equation is you. He's kind of right, Mum. No matter if Shepard or I is with you, you find a dead body. That's some kind of curse, I swear. Hey, Mr. High and Mighty, I don't need your input. Fine, then. I wanted to look at the body anyway. Steel goes to the body. Stone is right on his heels. Oh, no, you don't. Not without me. You are so far from your jurisdiction. We get to call the shots this time. Whatever you say. Steel takes the body out of the water and lays him on the ground. They all take a look at the body. So, do we know the Vic? Don't start with that fake police jargon. This is a victim. Just say it. And who do you think we are, tax collectors? London is a large town. We don't know everyone. I was just asking a question, Londoners. No reason to get uppity about it. So, he drowned, right? Yes, definitely. You can tell because of the fine white froth at the nose and mouth, and the discoloration of the skin. Also, he's slightly bloated due to the water in his lungs. I would assume he bit the bullet last night. Charlie said that's when the police go home, and, if late enough, no one would see the heinous crime. What an awful way to go. Is it worse than suffocating? Very much so. I would think they'd be the same, but you really can't know unless it happens to you. Both would be long and agonizing, though. But yes, he definitely drowned. Look at this symbol on the pin on his coat. That's the Goods family crest. You mean, he's a part of the family? He's noble? Definitely not. His clothes say that he is just a servant, probably a butler. Besides, I know the Goods family, and I don't know him. You know the Goods family? Everyone knows the Goods family. He's rather young for a butler, don't you think? He's only about your age. Well, shouldn't he be old or something? It's just a job. What, do you think every butler's on the brink of death? I don't know. Maybe. Hey, look at his hands, guys. It looks like he's clutching some cloth in his right hand, and his left hand is shut super tight. Shepard wrenches the victim's hands open to see black hairs in the left hand and a bonnet in his right. Looks like a maid's bonnet. Better hold on to it for questioning. Stone takes the bonnet. So these black hairs, some maid with shortish black hair, killed him. Not necessarily. Looks like the killer tried to pull the hair out of his hand and ended up ripping the hair instead of taking it all out. You can see the curled frayed ends here. That means the hair can be shoulder length or longer. Not very thorough, was he? No. Doesn't Lady and Sir Goods both have black hair? Yes, but their daughters do not. Plus, both parents have at least shoulder length hair. But what about the maid? The bonnet here is pretty clear evidence. We have to question her as well. Clearly. Isn't there some men in junction with the goods at the moment? I remember reading something about a marriage. Right. Some other nobleman was meant to marry the eldest daughter. So we have to question the parents, the daughters, the other guy, and the maid. Yes, I guess we have to put our tour on hold, you guys. Murder calls. Right. I agree. But once this murder is solved, you are on the next train to Camden. <sighs> You wound me, Stone. Suck it up, you big baby. We haven't the time for this, you two. Let's go. The four make their way over to the mansion of the Goods family. They knock on the door. Someone hurriedly opens the door. Jonathan, finally! You're going to get... What? Oh, you're not Jonathan. No, I'm sorry. Was Jonathan the butler here? Uh, um, yes. Jonathan Bates. He's my brother. 
Excuse me, who are you guys? We are with the police. Oh, my gosh. Has something happened to Jonathan? We are afraid so, Miss Bates. He was drowned in the wishing well in the middle of town. I'm Police Chief Carter Shepard. This is Private Investigator Samantha Stone. This is Head Detective James Steele. And this is Charlie Stone. He drowned? What? Uh, My my brother, brother, Jonathan! Jonathan! Ma'am, please. We need to speak with everyone of the house except for the servants. But we do need to talk to you as well. If you can gather everyone in the living room, that would be best. We will wait there. Yeah, yes, of course. She runs off. The four walk into the living room. My goodness. How does anyone get paid this much? It is quite the home, isn't it? Highly furnished and so... Immaculate, posh, cultured, expensive. Stuffy. I don't know, Chief. I could get used to a butler in a huge bed. It'd be wise to appreciate and be content with what you have, Charlie. Lest you lose it. Excuse me? Are you saying that my mum is going to get rid of me? You seem like a little too much of a handful to keep around. Well, well um, it's a good thing I'm not your son then, you jerk. That was just a nasty thing to say, Steele. Yes, even for you. So I don't want to be a dad. What of it? The maid comes back with the mother, father, two sisters, and the fiancé. What is this about? My maid comes up to us blathering about some strangers, waltzing into our house like they own the place, going on about death? You better have a darn good explanation for this, you commoners, and make it quick before we throw you out. As much as we would love to leave this rundown home of pompous weasels, we have business here. Exactly. Your butler, the one named Jonathan Bates, was murdered last night in the wishing well in the middle of town. He was drowned. What? Jonathan was killed. Oh my gosh. No, not Jonathan. Yes, and it was one of you six that did away with him. That's why we are here, to conduct an investigation. Excuse me? Just because some lowly worm decided to taint the water with his servanthood doesn't mean you need to waste our time by acting like he's worth an investigation. He was just some butler. People die all the time. What? How can you be so evil? This is a human being we are talking about. A human just like you or I. You think someone's life is less than yours just because they clean for a living? And I thought you trash couldn't get any more nauseating. As much as I agree, you two, I think it would behoove us to not insult nobility. Exactly. Listen to the men, woman. Learn your place along with the little American brat. Please, Mr. March, this is my brother. I have to find the killer. He was my only family. That doesn't concern me, maid. Shut up, Taylor. You are getting on my last nerve. Jonathan was a butler. The least you can do is honor his memory by letting his killer be found. You know what I think, Danielle? This pompous jerk killed him. That's why he's being so callous. I would never dirty my hands by touching the help. You make me want to spit. How disgusting. But I suppose that's what I can expect from such a plain tramp. What's your tone? I'll arrest you for hindering a police investigation. Yeah! You go, Chief! Quiet! The lot of you! I won't have such insolence in my house. You four need to learn your place here in my presence. I'll let you conduct your stupid little investigation, but insult me and my family one more time, and I'll make sure that you four never see the light of day again. I'll soil your name so well that you will never work within 500 miles of this town till the day you die. You might even be ostracized completely. Is my husband clear to you? 
Crystal. Then hurry up and get this over with. We will question you all one at a time while the others stay upstairs. Ask to make sure your statements aren't skewed. We will start with Patricia Bates first. Then we will go from there. So if you five can just wait upstairs until we ask... Very well. Come on, my family, let's go. The five go upstairs, leaving the four and the maid alone in the living room. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. I, I can't believe my dear brother is dead. Yes, it's terrible. Tell me, where is the servants' quarters? Oh, down the hall to the cellar. And what rooms are on this floor? The living room, the kitchen, the dining room, the trophy room, the tea room, and the guest room. Why do you need to know all of this? Charlie, I need you to... Snoop around, find anything suspicious in the rooms, and the trash cans. Yes, and I think Steele should go with you as well. Make sure you also check the cellar in the servants' quarters. What? I have to go with him? Well, it doesn't make any sense for two detectives to question the suspects, but I'm switching out with you, Stone, after you question three of the suspects. That's fair. I'm sure you won't stop badgering me about it if I don't let you. Whatever. We will get an even amount of questioning and looking. Does that seem fair to you? Sounds like a plan, you three. The other five have to stay upstairs. That's what we asked. Besides, they don't expect us to snoop, so they wouldn't come down to see if we have. Nice to know that you've warmed up to the idea of snooping, Shepard. It's not like I can stop you. I might as well approve of it. All right, me and the kid will go looking around now. Let's check out this floor for now, huh, Charlie? Yeah, sure, whatever. Come on then, Steele. The two head off towards the tea room. Shall we get started then, Miss Bates? So, we just have a few questions for you. We would like to know how you know Mr. Bates, your relationship with him, what he did in this house, his relationships with the people in this house, and if anyone had a reason to kill him. Is my brother really dead? I'm afraid so, Miss Bates, but we've already established that. The questions, please. I, I'm Patricia Bates, his sister. Obviously, I know him because we were thick as thieves right when I was born. I'm a few years younger than him, you see. He always looked out for me. We were so happy with Mum and Dad. It was a wonderful life. I never wanted to leave the countryside. So why are you working here, then? Because our parents died, both from tuberculosis. Jonathan was 16 at the time, and I was 12. There was no way we could possibly live on our own. So we scrounged up as much money as possible and came to London looking for work. Sir and Lady Goods needed a new butler and maid, so we were given a home in exchange for our services. You mean to tell me they don't pay you? No, it, it's not like we could demand payment anyway. This was our only option. And really, a roof and food was all we needed. It's not so bad once you get past all of the rude remarks and terrible treatings. Anyway... You already know that my brother was the butler for this house. We've served faithfully for ten years. What about the relationship with the others? Any motives? Well, I think everyone hated him, except for Lady Daniel and Lady May. He had a way of butting heads with others. He always wanted to be so stubborn and headstrong. Lady Daniel was always so kind to him, but always seemed to work him to death. Lady May tolerated him. Sometimes she seemed kind, but other times she seemed to dislike him. I could never read her properly. I'm not sure why Sir March, Sir and Lady Goods hated him. But I suspect it was because they might have figured out that my brother loved Lady Daniel. He should have just left well enough alone, like I told him. The butler loved the daughter of a noble? That would get their knickers in a twist, wouldn't it? You have no idea. 
Those three are always saying how the help should be seen and not heard. And really, never seen either. We were always spit on and put down. It was like we were equal to dogs. But to be honest, Lady Goods has a dog. We aren't even close to being treated as well as that mutt. You two never deserve to be brought in by us. You better appreciate our kindness and shut up. Learn your place. That line is said so much. It's a faint ringing in my ear. I'd be surprised if none of them were the killers. The thing is, we have more evidence that you are. Patricia Bates, is this yours? Stone shows her the bonnet. Yes! I had lost it yesterday, actually. I got a lashing this morning for not being fully in uniform. Where did you find it? Mr. Bates was clutching it in his right hand when we found him this morning. No! You can't be serious! Very serious. Now can you explain this? Well, I I took my bonnet off around nine last night, and then I went to bed. See, my duties were done at that time because I'm the day maid. We have one other maid, and she is the night maid. I have my own room, but it doesn't have a door, so anyone could have come into my room and stolen it yesterday. I swear, I would never kill my own flesh and blood! As you say, but I remember you saying that he should have kept well enough alone like you told him to. Exactly. What was that about? He told me he loved Danielle so much that he was going to marry her, possibly elope, and tell that to her family, right to their faces. I told him that was suicide. We have one place in this world right now, and that's the bottom. No one cares about us, and we could get killed or fired without anyone batting an eye, and only for speaking out of turn. For all I know, I could get killed or fired too just for my brother saying something. And I guess you were right. He did die. But we care, Miss Bates. We care. Do you have an alibi for you last night? No, but the help isn't allowed to ever leave the premises. I was in my room sleeping last night. I was much too tired to do anything but that. I promise. We'll see about that. Yes, please call in Danielle Goods. She nods and quickly goes upstairs. Well? I don't know what to say, Shepard. She seems genuine. I don't think she would kill her brother. But her bonnet was at the scene of the crime. She has shoulder-length black hair. She has a motive and no alibi. Yes, she did say that if Bates went through with it, she could lose her job or life if he spoke out of turn. She could have killed him to keep her job. But I'm not sure. Let's just see what Danielle Goods says. Charles and Steele have been searching the tea room. Found anything, Squirt? Squirt? I think you're making things up at this point. No, I haven't found anything. This room is dry. I concur. So far, all we've figured out is that the family is rich enough to have six different tea sets. Do you guys really drink tea that much? Not in the slightest. But can you please stop talking to me? Okay. So, I'm feeling a little tension between us now. Is this because of the comment I made about keeping you around? Jay, you think? You're a good detective. Okay, I can see how that came across as mean, but I didn't mean it as such. I'm just not ready for kids. Well, it was rude. And you are Jack, and a real man would apologize. (sighs) Seriously? Fine. I'm sorry, okay? Wow, that must have been so difficult. Why can't you just be nice, huh? Look, I said I'm sorry. What more do you want? Some flowers and chocolate? No. Whatever. Let's just look through the next room. They leave to go to the trophy room. 
Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe And it keeps it uh, out of sight You know when that shark bites With his teeth, babe Scarlet billows start to spread Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, babe So there's never, never a trace of red Now on the sidewalk, uh-huh, uh-huh, ooh, Sunday morning, uh-huh Lies a body just oozing life And someone sneaking round the corner Could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag just drooping on down. Oh, that cement is just—it's there for the weight to dare. Five will get you ten old Mackies back in town. Not to hear about Louis Miller—he disappeared, babe. After drawing out all his hard-earned cash And now Maggie Heath spins just like a shell Could it be our boy's done something rash? Not that Maggie back in town. I said, Jenny Diver, whoa, Sookie Tawdry, look out to Miss Lottie Lynch and old Lucy Brown. Yes, that line forms on the right, babe. Not that Maggie. Back in town Look out, old Mac is back Danielle Goods comes down to talk to Shepard and Stone. Hello, you wanted to speak with me? Yes, Lady Goods. Please have a seat. Oh, please, no. Miss Goods is just fine. Lady Goods, my mother, and heaven knows I don't want to be anything like that close-minded woman. Okay, Miss Goods. We just have a few questions for you. We would like to know how you know Mr. Bates, your relationship with him, what he did in this house, his relationship with the people in this house, and if anyone had a reason to kill him. Oh, well, obviously I know him because he's our butler. Actually, he came here and started working here with his sister about... Ten years ago, when I was 15, 
They needed a home and food because of the deaths of their parents, so my mother and father allowed them to stay here on the account that they became a butler and maid for life. That doesn't sound like such a good deal. You don't know the half of it. It's not like they had a choice. It was either here or the factory, and my parents aren't exactly the best employers, or the best parents. I think the only reason why my father hired them was because they wouldn't cost him a thing. Right, except for room and board, food, clothes and such. You would think, but that's where you're wrong, Miss Stone. Root and board consists of two mattresses in the cellar for two siblings. Food consists of whatever is left over from our meals, and, and clothes are literally what are on their backs from now and the clothes they arrived in. They are also required to clean them themselves using the water pump in the garden. That's not ideal. That's putting things lightly. My sister and I felt so bad we made sure we snuck food to them at times and got them some blankets. I swear we are the only people in this house who have a heart. I see. The other questions? Well, my relationship with Jonathan was complicated. I'm sure you know I'm in an arranged marriage with that rat in man's clothing, Taylor March. He's completely horrid, thought of me as property, and I sure as the devil don't love him. Who could possibly love a man like that? Oh, wait. My father and my mother could, and do. I take it the real man you love is Mr. Bates. Yes, exactly. I I loved him with every fiber of my being. We were going to elope tonight, actually, without my parents knowing, so we could live happily ever after. I know I was condemning my sister to a life with that evil man, but she's resourceful. She's already seeing a man my parents don't know about. I'm sure she could elope as well. You would give away everything you had, just to elope with a penniless butler? Miss Stone, you can never put a price on true love. I'd give everything in the world, no, my whole life, just to, just to feel his warmth. One more time, his sweet embrace telling me everything was going to be okay in this cruel world. He gave me hope. Now that he's dead, I don't know what to do. I don't think there's any hope left. There's always hope, Miss Goods. That's why we are here, to give hope and find the killer. Please, I beg of you, find the person who killed my beloved. Kill him, and then kill me. Miss Goods. You wanted to know his relationships with the others, right? Well, he was extremely close with his sister. It actually amazed me that he was willing to elope with me and leave her here. Although, I suppose I'm amazed that I would do the same to my sister. Love is a very strong force, I suppose. Also, my sister and him were on good terms, although I know she resented him a bit for causing me to want to leave. My father, mother, and March hated him. He always found a way to butt heads with them, even if he didn't say a thing. Sometimes I thought that they knew that I loved him, but they couldn't, right? I don't know. Anyway, all they thought of him was the help. Lower, lower than low, Not human, and I resent them for that. So, yes, they would be the only ones that had a reason to kill him. To keep me from being tainted with a commoner's blood and the good's name. Or because I was thought of as property, I don't believe Patricia or my sister killed him. Well, thank you, Miss Goods. And please, stay strong. Mr. Bates would not want you to be sad or to die. I'm sure of it. Yes, I'm sure he would say that. If living my own life spites my parents and March, then I will do it proudly. I'm not marrying anyone I don't love.
That's good. Now, please, have your mother come down next. Danielle Goods nods and goes back upstairs. So, what do you think about Miss Goods? She doesn't appear to have any motive, as she has long blonde hair. I suppose she could have planted the black hair, but that doesn't match how we found the hair, and it just doesn't make any sense. I agree completely. Ugh, but we better get ready, Shepard. Hmm. That devil woman is on the way. Charles and Steele are searching the trophy room. Find anything, Charlie? I want to get out of this room as quick as possible. All these animals are staring into my soul. I'm so uncomfortable right now. Just don't look into their eyes. I swear a demon lives in this house. More like three. Isn't that the truth? Besides the plethora of animal heads, Charlie, I'm not seeing a thing. All that's in the trash is some dust and animal hair. Nothing suspicious. Charles accidentally knocks down the trash can and the dust spills on the ground. (laughs) Oops. Come on, kid. Be careful. You got dust everywhere. Ugh. Do you really care if this evil house gets trashed? Of course not. Your clothes. You actually looked nice for once. You can't soil them now. That's the devil's dust. Be careful. All right, all right. It's not like I want the devil's dust on me anyway. Well, come on. Let's go to the next room now. Hopefully Stone will be done soon. Charles and Steele leave to go into the dining room. Shannon Goods comes down to talk to Shepard and Stone. All right, I'm here. What could you commoners possibly want? For one, not to call us commoners, you snobby little- Okay, look, Lady Goods, uh, we just have a few questions for you, all right, Stone? We just want to know how you know Mr. Bates and your relationship with him. And what he did in this house, his relationship with the people in this house, and if anyone had reason to kill him. Obviously, I know the man because he's our butler. You know, the help. How could you two know? You probably can't even afford a proper house. You can't even afford proper clothing. Is this some attempt to look nice? You little witch! Uh, Which we just want to know, uh, which butler... The good or or the bad one? We only have one butler. Why pay for a butler when you can spend money on better things? Besides, he was more of a servant. We don't pay him. Him and his little sister came here about ten years ago because of some tragic event I don't care enough to remember. And they've been working for us ever since. They have to pay off their debt of our kindness. And there's no way I'd have any relationship with the help. He was strictly our butler. And the other questions? All he did in this house was butler and sleep. That's all he was allowed to do. Maybe he ate as well. I don't know. But whenever I called, he had to be there and do whatever I said. Great. Now we are going to have to find a new monkey. How can you care so little about another human being? Oh, it's not hard. You just have to realize that any human who has to work for another human isn't really a human. A horse or a cow waits on a person's every beck and call, not a human. Anyway, no one else had relationships with Bates except for my daughter, Danielle, the foolish little twit. She thought she loved him. She doesn't know what she thinks. So naturally, I had to tell March that Bates was encroaching on his woman and to show my daughter who she really loved, whatever the cost. How did you know she loved him? My husband told me. Apparently, he had found a love letter from the man in her bureau and a love letter from my daughter that wasn't quite finished in her desk. We decided not to tell her that we knew unless the issue got worse. 
Other than that, I don't know why anyone in this house would stoop so low as to touch the butler, let alone kill him. He wasn't worth murder. Uh, Do you have an alibi? I was with my husband all night. Although I was sleeping since nine last night anyway. I was out cold for some reason. Felt very tired after I drank my evening tea and didn't wake up until this morning. Usually I'm quite restless. Fine. Tell Taylor March to come down next. Fine. Also, if you ever plan to come to our household again, actually look presentable. Lady Goods leaves to go get Taylor March. I hope she killed the man. I would sure call whatever that was a a motive. And she has long black hair. The thing is, do you think that an older woman fed with a silver spoon all her life be able to kill a strapping young man? Circumstantial. She isn't off our suspect list, Shepard. Not by a long shot. Now I have to go switch out with steel. I don't think I could stomach March anyway. Good luck, Shepard. Thanks. Stone leaves to go get steel. Steel and Charles are searching the dining room. Man, still nothing. The search is proving quite unfruitful. What about you, Charlie boy? Yeah, I got nothing. It just looks like normal dining room to me. Well, not really normal, but nothing out of place. Yes, a normal dining room isn't nearly as extravagant or gaudy. Better not let anyone hear you call this place ugly. They'll kill you. Oh, I couldn't care less what they think. But you're right, they would kill me. They already proved that they kill people who tick them off. (laughs) Good thing they don't know we are snooping, huh? Definitely. They knew it would kind of put a damper on things, wouldn't it? (laughs) Oh, there you are. I'm switching out with you, Steele. It's your turn to finish questioning the last three suspects. Finally, I was getting bored. Yes, well, don't get your hopes up. This family isn't exactly pleasant, save for a few people. Stone tells him everything they found out in a summarized way. Lady Good seems like a bucket of fun. You don't know the half of it, but good luck to you. Taylor March is next. Oh, joy. So did you guys find anything? Nothing. We looked through the tea room, the trophy room, and this dining room and found nothing. Well, let's go check out the next room. The two head off for the guest room. Shepard and March are waiting in the living room as Steele comes in. Ugh, finally! This buffoon has been trying to make small talk with me since I got here. I can't even begin with that mustache of his. What took you so long? Excuse me, I just had to take a trip to the bathroom. Bathroom? He means the loo. Joy. I'll have to get the servants to clean it well. Where's that lady and child of yours? Not that I care. They had to go to the bathroom as well. Great. Servants must clean twice as hard then. Are you through with insulting us, sir? No, I think I have a good bit left in me. You both act poorly. You both sound like idiots who slapped you in the face. And that outfit you got on is beyond salvation. You both are tacky, and I hate you. Well, maybe you could give us some lessons on how to be like you. Then maybe we can know how to lick the boots off your master. How dare you? I lick the boots of no one. I should- He was joking, March. Please. We just have a few questions so we can get this whole thing over and done with, so you can go on with your life. Finally? After everything you've said, you finally speak some intelligence. What are the questions? We just want to know how you know Mr. Bates- Your relationship with him, what he did in this house, his relationships with the people in this house, and if anyone had reason to kill him. I don't know the man, and I couldn't care to know the man. All he was to me was a butler that the goods kept around. 
the plain face and an insolent demeanor. I wouldn't dare notice him, lest it rubs off. I have the same qualms about you two, but at least you aren't the help. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong, which I'm not. You know that Bates was vying for your girl. Indeed, he was. Danielle's mother told me, but I put the man in his place. I simply spoke to him through fisticuffs and told him if he ever got near my woman again, he would suffer the consequences. That's the last I heard about some silly servant love. Besides, it's not like Danielle reciprocated the feelings. She's not stupid enough for that. So, you beat him up. That doesn't help your case. That was a week ago. Besides, you didn't see any marks on his body, did you? The man healed from my strikes by now. I'm sure of it. The human body doesn't take that long to heal. Unless you beat him soundly enough. But you are right. We didn't see any signs of a fistfight on the body. But please, answer the other questions. I don't know what he did in the house. I never used him. My father always said, If you want something done right, get your lady to do it. At least she won't screw it up as bad as the help. So that's exactly what I did. You used Miss Goods as a butler? No, I treat her much better than that. Oh my gosh. Answer the rest of the questions. Well, if you stop interrupting me, I will. Anyway... I'm quite sure everyone else here saw him as a butler too, but Shannon and Dan didn't look on him too fondly. But it's not like I did. I mean, he he's the help. Yes, we got it. Go on. Anyway, May and Danielle tolerated him, and that maid or whatever liked him, but I don't care what the help do. And there's no way I could kill him. I already told you I. Because touching him would dirty your hands. But no, wait. You said you punched the guy. What's your excuse for that? It was a matter of honor at that point. I made sure I was wearing gloves. Besides, I have an alibi. I was at a business transaction with the Stanford company last night. You can ask him yourself. Anyway, I can't vouch for the rest of the people in this household. Although, I don't believe they killed him. Right. Thank you for your time, but I can't stand another second with you. Go get Dan Goods. March leaves with a huff to go get Dan Goods. How I hope that man killed Bates. How I hope. Agreed. But he has short black hair. He could have cut it. Last night, I highly doubt a man like that would cut his hair himself anyways. He could have planted evidence. True, but it doesn't really add up with how the hairs were frayed, and he has an alibi. I know, I know, but he's not off the suspect list. Agreed. Charles and Stone are searching the guest room. So, is this how you two felt the whole time I was questioning suspects? Aye. Truly miserable, huh? Although, I think your encounter with the lady of the house was worse. She seemed like the devil. Uh, She is the devil. Although, so is Marge. And possibly the man of the house as well. Well, besides the radical difference of the decor in this room and the others, I don't see anything weird. Yes, this room does seem far less involved than the other rooms. But it is the guest room. What rude people? Apart from the daughters and the maid, yes, you're absolutely right. Let's go on to the next room, shall we? Onward! Stone and Charles move on to the kitchen. Dan Goods comes down to be questioned by Steele and Shepard. Hurry now. Let's just get this over and done with. What are your questions? Oh, uh, we just want to know how you know Mr. Vates and your relationship with him. What he did in this house, his relationships with the people in this house, and if anyone had a reason to kill him. Also an alibi for yourself, if you please. Bates was our butler. That should be evident by now. He started working for me about ten years ago. 
Actually, he's more like an indentured servant. He and his sister. He did butler chores and other odd jobs around the house while he worked as the butler. Which reminds me, I'm going to have to hire a new one soon. As for the relationships in this household, he didn't have one with anyone besides being a butler, and besides his sister. You mean to tell me everyone thought of him as a butler? You didn't know anything about him? Of course not. I'm not here on this earth to make friends with the help. All he was to me was a butler, and that's all he was to anyone else. Although his sister had quite the relationship with him. Obviously, they are siblings. Yes, but she also would frequently tell him to not step out of line unless he wanted to get killed. She was never happy with him when I saw them working. He always tried to be a bigger man than he was, and she hated him for it. She's smart for that. Although, March seemed to hate the man as well. Something about Bates trying to steal Danielle. Like that would ever happen. Okay, do you have an alibi? Yes, I was with my wife all night. She went to sleep rather early, and so did I. For some reason, she seemed very tired. Okay, and you don't have anything else to say about the people in this house concerning Bates? Are you trying to accuse my family of something, Shepard? Well, not in so many words. No, you aren't. And if you were, you wouldn't like it. This is my family, Shepard. I built the life I have from my own two hands. I raised it from the ground when I was just a lad. I had to exert blood, sweat, and tears to be where I am today, and I'm not going to let some wet-behind-the-ears detective and an inept police chief rip it from my hands or take away my family and livelihood. None of us killed the butler. In fact, it would be surprising if we did. That silly little maid did, okay? All the evidence is there. Her hatred towards him, the constant threats that she would die, the bonnet. What more do you want? You do know that we never told you that a bonnet was at the scene of the crime. Obviously. You didn't have to. Any idiot could see a sopping wet bonnet in your hands as you waltzed into my house. Fine. Then go get May Goods. Fine. But I'm warning you to. If you decide to make the wrong decision today and accuse anyone but the real killer, I will make sure you rue the day you were ever born. Even you, little American, you aren't out of my reach. No one is out of my reach. Threatening people of the law isn't exactly a smart thing to do. Neither is crossing a man with influential friends. You like your job, don't you, Shepard? Then make the right decisions and keep it. Or you can end up like Jonathan and his sister. Alone, afraid, and looking for a job wherever you can find it. But I'm a fair man. Once I strip you of your wealth and reputation, you can come and work for me. That way, I can strip you of your dignity as well. Dan Goods leaves to go get May Goods. What a pleasant man. He scares me. Seriously? In the sense of job security, yes. He's right, you know. Friends in high places can do just about anything. But aren't you friends with the Queen? I really wouldn't say friends. We just helped her. That's all. Anyway, the man has a slight motive, I suppose. A not very stable alibi and long black hair. And one of those rich people hairdos, but yes... 
He's definitely a suspect. Plus, he lied about the relationship, didn't he? How so? He never told us he found that love letter like Stone said the mother said he found. That's not lying, per se. He didn't believe that Danielle had a relationship with Bates, nor did he even bring it up. Now that I think about it, though, we should have brought it up. Brought up what? Oh, just a question for your father. Have a seat, please. Sure. How can I help you two? We just need you to answer a few questions. We just want to know how you know Mr. Bates and your relationship with him, what he did in this house, his relationships with the people in this house, and if anyone had a reason to kill him. Also an alibi, if you please. Well, I know Bates because he's our butler. Obviously, he does all of the butler stuff in the house, like bringing us items and doing chores. Other than that, though, I don't have much of a relationship with him. Neither does the rest of my family in March, except for Danielle. She loved the boy. Actually, she was planning on eloping with him tonight. I feel really awful that he was killed. I wanted my sister to be happy. No, nor did who did it. But part of me blames my parents in March. They didn't exactly like him, you know. In fact, I believe they hated him. I witnessed March beating him up about a week ago. And since then, my parents have been especially hard on Bates. They treat him so badly. They claim they love us. But Danielle feels like she has to hide the fact that she loved Bates and hated March. She even decided to elope. I don't even like it here. I wish they could have seen past their noses on so many ideas. Like love and empathy. Those three are are the only people I would see having a reason to kill him. Just so the family name doesn't have a taint. Or that Bates stopped getting big ideas and butting heads with his employers. They don't see him as human. Maybe the real killer didn't even think it was a murder. Your sister said that sometimes you weren't particularly fond of Bates. Possibly because she was going to elope with him. I can see where she got that idea. Seeing as if they eloped, I would have had to marry that wretched man, March. I swear, any woman who marries that man will kill herself before the wedding ceremony ends. Even so, I don't dislike Bates. He was sweet. And he was going to make my sister happy. Besides, I'm thinking of eloping with a man I've been seeing for the past year. I'm surprised I've kept it hidden from my parents for this long. They watch us like a hawk. I thought, since a week ago, the gaze has been more towards my sister. That's how I was able to sneak out last night. Sneak out? To do what? Oh, um, my alibi. I spent the night with my man, Bernard Dickens. You can ask him, and his mother, if you want. His maid saw me, too. I believe you, but I'm a little curious. If Mr. Dickens had a maid, why are you afraid of showing him to your father? I'm not allowed to love until my sister defiantly marries March. I thought, I don't think Bernard is exactly rich enough for my parents. Or well-known enough. Well, I think that's all the questions we have. Thank you for your time. We will call you all down once we've figured out who killed Bates. She nods and leaves. I don't think she killed him. Besides, she has long blonde hair as well. I don't know how two black-haired parents make blonde babies, though. Beats me. I guess it's time we join back up with Charlie and Stone. Right you are, old man. Please stop. They leave to go join Stone and Charles. Stone and Charles are searching the kitchen. Is this manor spotless? It's starting to look that way, huh? Oh, wait a second. What is it? This trash can is all black at the bottom. Ashy. That means something was burned. Oh, Mum! Look! Look what I found underneath the table by the trash can! A little piece of paper with burned edges! Looks like it must have dropped off from the paper that was burned in the trash can, and that one didn't burn. 
Lucky us! It says the words, elope tomorrow night with a dash and John afterwards. Must have been some letter to Danielle from Jonathan about leaving the house tonight. I wonder how it got down here, though. I'm not sure. Wouldn't have been in her room. Lady Goods did say that Sir Goods looked around her room and found a love letter. Maybe he made a habit of snooping around her room. That's creepy. Find anything? Actually, yes! Stone shares what she found, and Steele and Shepard share the last three suspects they questioned. So I suppose our only suspects, because of evidence, is Patricia Bates, Shannon Goods, and Dan Goods. And the only suspects due to motive is Dan Goods, Shannon Goods, and Taylor March. Yeah, so who did it? I'm not sure yet. I think I want to take a look at these servants' quarters, just to see if there's any final evidence. I have a feeling to who it is, but I agree with Stone. To the cellar we go. All four go to the cellar where the servants' quarters are. Not very homey, is it? No. In fact, I think it's worse than living out in the streets like I did. When Miss Bates said they had nothing, she really meant nothing. Stone, Shepard, Charlie, take a look at this. Steele picks up a crumpled piece of paper over by the mattress that looks like it belongs to Patricia Bates. It's a letter from Jonathan Bates requesting an audience with Dan Goods to talk about Danielle. He says that they would take a walk. So why was this paper crumpled up by the maid's mattress? Why indeed, Shepard. Why indeed. You figured it out, haven't you? Yes. And I'm sure Steele has too. Oh, yes. This has cracked the murder wide open. We've just just solved the case. Here we end the 13th episode of Stone Cold Mysteries with a challenge. Find the killer. Were you paying attention? You now have all the tools to solve the murder. Message us on Twitter and Facebook at Cougar Radio 88.5 with the killer, the motive, and the weapon. Tune in next time to hear the solution and to listen to another Stone Cold Mysteries.